The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Fighter versus the Rider. I'm Damon Martin. He is Matt Brown. And Matt, we are back after another UFC pay-per-view, and we are one week closer to the Immortal making his return to the Octagon on May 13th. So not far away. I can't wait either. Eight weeks out. (laughs) Does it feel real now? Does it feel really real? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it kind of works. You know, it doesn't really feel that even like it's, you know, when you're like 12 weeks out, it's so far away. Yeah, like, I don't want to do too much, you know, burn myself out or whatever. You kind of just get in that base conditioning. And now, yeah, things are getting real. Like, you know, we're doing more Shark Tank rounds. Guys are coming. You know, um, a, a lot of my training partners, you know, they're um, getting ready for their things. Getting together. Um, they're getting into shape and kicking my ass as much as they can. And um, Yeah, it's ramping up now, man. It's fun. In your, in your head at this point, how many times do you punch Court McGee in the face? Um, <laughs> I've, I've done everything to him. So <laughs> that you, you mentioned, you said punch, and I'm like, well, that's one of the many things. That was the pause, right? That that was one of the many things that I'm going to do to him. <laughs> punch, elbow, knee. How many times do you imagine just obliterating Court McGee at this point? Every day, bro. <laughs> I love it. I love Every it. Every day. We- that's the way it works. Start getting this close to the fight. You can't think about anything else. That's why I've never done podcasts before, right? Every time uh, we start doing podcasts, I'm like, well, you know, I'm getting a little close, you know. Um, I'm, you know, obviously, like, I'm a little bit older now and I'm a little more relaxed about it. But for the most part, you can't think about anything else, man. There's nothing else on your mind. Every single thing you're doing, um, it's hard to do, like, uh, relationship stuff. It's hard to do something. It's just hang out with your friends. Like, everything is just, let's get ready for this fight yeah well i i wrangled you into the podcast now i was like dude you're doing the podcast we're doing it every week and thankfully you said that this has actually become a bit of a retreat for you a little bit to just kind of get your mind off of it so like this works out well uh and like i said this is the first time we're doing this into a fight camp because when we tried to do it before it never worked out very well but i think it's going to be cool this time because i'm going to come up to the gym we're gonna do some cool stuff leading into the fight and uh yeah i think it'll be fun like i said i trust me listen i'm not a fighter not gonna pretend i'm a fighter but i do know talking to a lot of fighters and they say like sometimes you just got to get your head away from it for like an hour you know just like get your you know get away from it for a little bit and i guess that's this is your this is your vacation from from punching things uh for a few hours and then you know for a couple hours then we do a podcast to some extent yeah yeah but, but you know we're still talking so it's only so much of a vacation but you know i'm, I'm really getting into 
educating and coaching a lot more. You know, I have a lot of fights left. Like, I'm not going to make another run for the title. So I know what it is, you know. So right now, doing things like this, like I'm building that um, those next steps. You know, maybe it could be a help. Maybe be a podcaster, right? Maybe we do this and, you know, get rich doing this. Or, you know, whatever it is. You know, I'm building towards the next things. And, um, you know, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, with that in the back of my mind, you know, I'm also a lot more relaxed about things too, knowing uh, that I'm not searching for a title, knowing that I'm not going out, um, you know, trying to get uh, the the just the toughest, you know, just beating, uh, you know, trying to fight the toughest guys every time. So there's a little bit of relaxation to that. Like, like, look, you know, I'm doing this for fun now. I'm doing it because I love it, and I'm doing it to inspire younger people, the next generation, my own kids, of course, and the kids in my gym so with the motivation being a little different it makes a, a platform like this much more excitable to do yeah absolutely we did the uh, ask matt brown segment last week and you did a uh, talked about an answer you know when you said you know when you're when you're you know when you're down how do you how do you come out of it you know i don't want to i don't want to kind of paraphrase the question but I got a lot of responses to that a lot of people were like kind of inspired by that and said like how cool that answer was and i thought it was amazing as well so uh this is an opportunity where people who can't come into the gym and train with you on a daily basis or don't live in ohio or whatever the case may be uh, or they just don't know you in that way uh, or you know 180 characters on twitter doesn't do the job uh this is a chance for you to kind of reach out to those people and answer questions questions and uh, kind of reach people on a different level and obviously we talk about fights and other stuff too but uh it is it's it's a good platform to uh to talk to people and, and reach people you wouldn't normally reach yeah it's pretty cool man you know i tweeted the other day i don't know if you've seen it where i was like i was such a fucking idiot 10 years ago like am i gonna think the same thing about me in another 10 years <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure most people think that but uh just the amount of knowledge that i feel like i've acquired in the past few years um, you know, not to devolve too much into my personal life, but, you know, I went through a lot of different things in the last few years and just the knowledge that I've gained and the confidence that I've built. And I look back and I'm like, dude, like I'm the one who who's limited myself. I was, so it, it good feeling to inspire others not to limit themselves. And if I can bring that to the, uh, the world, then, you know, a little part to make this world a better place, you know, I, I'm probably not going to run for president or anything to make the world a better place. And I don't think Damon would vote for me. So I'm going to have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to try to inspire people another way. Now here's a question for you, Matt, because I had this experience last week. Uh, you know, how they send you on Facebook, they send you like Facebook reminders of like a photo you posted a decade ago, or, you know, here's your video from 15, whatever it is. I got a photo the other day and it's like seven, eight years old. It's not that old, maybe like seven, eight years old, but it was you, me and our buddy, Jeremy Loper. And we did a, a radio spot at the casino here in, in Columbus. Do you remember that? It was like seven, eight years ago. It was a while ago. Yeah, it was a St. Patty's Day party, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I the photo pulled up from your memory, and I was I looked at I looked the way I was dressed, and I didn't really think I was dressed that much differently <laughs> than I dressed today. But like even that, I was like, oh my god, why did I wear that yeah. shirt? Like why? Uh, so so even that, like even that little thing like that, seeing a memory from like seven eight years ago, I was like, mm -hmm. oh my god. Now here, be honest, because Matt, everyone thinks of you as this savage, just fucking badass Matt Brown. What's the most embarrassing haircut? t-shirt any proof that's out there of matt brown that you'd be embarrassed to see at this point in your life oh man i should uh, maybe i should post a picture of it if i really <laughs> want to be a glutton for punishment and just hate myself for the rest of my life in high school i wanted facial hair so bad <laughs> i just wanted a beard but my beard wouldn't grow in but my mustache did <laughs> so you had so a mustache you so I had a mustache and I was trying to grow my hair out. Yeah. So, um, so my mom takes me to the senior picture and get to have decent hair. Look like, I don't know, like Dimebag Daryl or something. Right. She let that happen. She parts my head across the side with the mustache. It's kind of hard to explain, I think, but if you see the picture, you'll You'll get a kick out of it. I, I kind of <laughs> don't want to post it, but now that we're talking about it, maybe I'll have to. How long was the hair? It's probably like, probably like uh, close to my ears, and it parted right down the middle. Not right down the middle, you know, like 
Oh, okay. Side, side part. Like yeah. a traditional, you know, um, old school. You know, my mom's, uh, you know, she's old school, right? So, you know, she wanted that nice book. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, so it's, it was a bad look, bro. Dude, I need to see. I need to see this photo. I need to see this photo. I'm just telling, dude. I have plenty of embarrassing photos I could share, but you know, we need to see. I was gonna say, like you're asking me, I don't have that many embarrassing ones. I bet you, you got a plethora of fucking embarrassing things. Okay, you don't want to hear it. No, dude, I'm not. Dude, I fully admit I do. Like years ago when I used to run a CD store and I was working around music all the time, dude. I had like, like one of your all time favorite bands, Papa Roach. Uh, dude, I actually had, I actually had like a, a girl come into my store one time and she's like, she, she confused me with, uh, Jacoby Shaddix, the singer, cause my hair was all spiked up. I had like the giant spiked hair, like the huge, like Mohawk oh, hair. Dude, it was so bad. Uh, so yeah, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit I had some really bad haircuts of the day. Uh, when I was like in a full on rocker mode, man, I put some, I put some serious gel in that hair. <laughs> dude, how long does it take to do that shit? It, it honestly, what's, like, what's it, the longest you ever spent there? Weird, you know what's weird? Actually, that took me less time than it normally takes to just like fix my hair now when I just have like a normal like you know whatever you want to call it, like a pot like a kind of a pompadour kind of look. Like that took less time because I was literally just sticking my hair. It's like it's like I stuck my my finger in a, a light socket. I literally just took my head and went like this, like straight up, and it just stayed. Because you put like that, <laughs> that like gel glue stuff, and it just makes your hair go straight up in the air. So that was actually, honestly, didn't take me much time at all because all I was doing was literally sticking my hair straight up in the, in the air. So it wasn't that hard. You have the easiest haircut, though. You don't have hair. so That's why I do it. I don't like dealing with it. Now here's the here's the question though when 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 retirement happens one day and I know this is down the road when retirement happens one day and you're you know you're running businesses you got the coffee business everything you know all things going on is there a chance Matt Brown grows his hair back out again? Of all things that I've thought about, I have thought of, or <laughs> I may go so uh, like scissors or finger length on top scissors. <laughs> I know you had the. Maybe. I know you had the. I know you had the mo the mohawk at one point. So you know you could let that grow out and just have yeah. like a bigger, longer mohawk. Yeah, I like the mohawk. Uh, I used to have you know finger length on top, even in the UFC. Oh, I remember that. You know, it's funny. Yeah. I took a. There's a, another. Jeez, man, like a weird thing here. Facebook memory. I almost posted it because there's a stare down I have of you from a fight, and I'm trying to remember which one it was. But you had hair. I remember that. Like, it wasn't, like, long yeah. or anything, but you had, like, actual hair. Like, I can't remember which fight it was, but it popped up my Facebook memories of a photo I took of you at a weigh-in. And uh, and I was like, oh, look at Matt's hair. So, yeah, you have had. I'm just talking, like, I want to see, like, full-on, like, Matt Brown, like, full-on just, like, metal hair. I want to see, like, headbanging hair. Yeah, that probably never happened. <laughs> Doing my hair, man. Even when I had a little bit, like, an inch long or whatever, like, you know, I just throw a little bit of gel and shake it up a little bit and go on, man. I don't like fucking with it. It's just a hassle. <laughs> and it's kind of sucks because I'm like the hairiest fucking guy you've ever met. <laughs> so I got to deal with it all the time. And I just hate it, man. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how girls do it. I feel like it'd be miserable. Like, I want, like here's my morning routine. Everybody talks about morning routine. I don't have a morning routine. I don't believe in morning routine. I get the fuck up and I go. If I have to stop there, like I got to brush my teeth. That's enough for me right there. Brush my teeth, get some breakfast. Let's fucking go, man. That's a far better morning routine than all what all these online meditation dorks, you know, they're, they're, they're meditating, they're ice bathing, whatever kind of stupid shit. Let's go fucking do something. Let's go straight away. Yeah. If I'm not out the door in 30 minutes, I'm pissed off. <laughs> i mean do you take time to shower like is that like still part of the routine i shower at night before i go to bed okay okay yeah all right yeah, yeah I just, it helps yeah, you sleep I, better yeah it helps it helps you sleep better that's one of the things you know if we're going to talk about camp one of the things that has actually proved my uh my training is i have put a huge emphasis on sleep um Everybody talks about all these different recovery things, and I go to the gym. Everybody's foam rolling, and you know they're they're stretching all this bullshit. You do the sauna, all these silly things. I love the sauna. Don't get me wrong. I love the ice bath. All that stuff. I said, man, like the the lowest hanging fruit is your sleep. 
that is the low hanging fruit for every single person on this. And I read that book, Why We Sleep, but Matthew Walker, he's been on Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, all the big podcasts. And it just blew me away, man. And so I put a huge emphasis on sleep. I blacked out my room, bought a new mattress, new pillow, new blanket, um, keep it u- uber clean. I never go to my room until it's time to go to sleep. Um, I read and I listen to classical music um, maybe an hour before bedtime. Um, what else? You know, I don't bring my phone with me into my bedroom anymore. That was a huge one. I actually leave it downstairs. Uh, that was a huge one for me. Um, you know, John of Louis, like I take a shower uh, about 30 to 45 minutes I'm falling asleep. And, you know, heat your body up, then you cool off and you feel comfortable and clean. And it's just so much better, man. Are you like a strict eight hours a night kind of guy or, or more? So come to find out from, again, researching a lot about it, they say that like seven, seven and a half or nine, nine and a half is better than eight because of the way our sleep cycles work. We go in hour and a half cycles, right? And that doesn't equal eight. So it's pretty interesting how it works. So um, I'm more of a nine to 10, to be honest, that's try to get sleeping the entire time. But nine to ten hours, I'm laying there, relaxing, no phone, no books, nothing, no light, and I'm, I'm laying there the whole time. You don't even want to know about my sleep schedule, man. You don't want to know how many hours of sleep I get at night. It, you would not be happy with me, Matt. It would not. It would not <laughs> you. I get like if Dude, I get. Got, I gotta read this book. If you know, I get, why we if sleep I get, is what it's called. If I get five hours, I'm I'm on the good side. No five shit. hours, five five to six hours is my max. That's all I ever get. No I don't shit. ever get more than like six hours. Yeah, I just. I'm weird like that. Like I just opera. I don't know what it is. It's not that I'm. It's not that I don't like sleep well. I sleep great. There and there are some nights where I do sleep longer, but I don't know. I just have one of those like really busy minds. Like I can't. It's hard for me to fall asleep. I have to like I read right before I go to sleep because it's the only thing that kind of like calms my mind down. And then uh, I don't. I'm just in a routine. Like I work every day, and so I'm just like I. My mind wakes me up. Like I don't oversleep. I don't. You know. Like I don't use an alarm, but my body just like gets me up. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I just. Six, five to six hours the most I can sleep. Day? Sometimes depends. I know that probably hurts. I understand that probably hurts. It just depends on the day. Sometimes I'll you know do it, but other days I don't. The days I don't, I mean, it doesn't. I'll be honest, it doesn't really make a huge difference in terms of my sleep, though. That's the problem. Like I still sleep about the same. Five six hours is pretty much my norm. Like I just, I don't know. And I also, I work really weird hours. I fully admit that. Like you know, I'll be up late tonight working. Um, I'm just a weird night owl too. I don't like mornings, so. I keep really weird hours. I keep like West coast hours. I always tell people like, I feel like I work on the West coast, even though I live on the East coast. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I've never been that way. Like I said, I even, even when I was younger, I just never slept like eight, nine hours a night. I just never, I don't know. Never did. Well, I don't think there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, being a night out ever, but I think you'd see a huge improvement in your life. Your, your, um, yeah, everything really better with more sleep. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people say that and I wish I could, like I said, I need to, I wish I had a better habit of that, but seems like it's doing wonders for, uh, for you. And that's good to know. Uh, so that's your routine. Yeah. So you would not want to hear my routine. Trust me. Uh, let's, uh, let's, before, before you get too much into routines, let's talk about some fights. Cause this past weekend, of course, UFC, UFC 286 went down. Leon Edwards officially defended his title for the first time. He got a majority decision, over Kamara Usman, uh, great fight from both guys. Uh, Leon, of course, kind of uh, exercised a lot of demons with this fight. Kind of got past the whole fluke. You know, he didn't. It was a fluke knockout. It was a lucky knockout. Whatever narrative people were trying to build into it, uh, he went out there and won this time by decision. It was a great performance, and uh, to his credit, Kamara Usman had a good performance too. Um, he just lost. I thought it was a very close fight. I actually had to score it as a draw only because the, there was a point deduction, I think the third round for a fence grab, which even Leon admits it was a bad fence grab. Uh, but otherwise, like I said, I, I, I thought Leon had the more definitive rounds, but it was a good fight. Leon is the champ. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Leon Edwards is champ now. Is it, is it kind of sunk in now? Like, it's kind of weird. Like before when he did it, it almost felt like, okay, we're going to run it back. Like we knew we were going to run it back, but now he's, he's beaten Usman twice. He's put Usman in the rearview mirror. It's amazing. I, I think we, a lot of people called it wrong. We called it wrong. Um, not It was very unexpected. And all we can really say at this point is congratulations to Leon Edwards, right? Like he not only proved everybody wrong in the first fight, he proved everybody wrong again in the second fight. And he's going to be a 
guy to beat, man. You know, he's just going to be a tough, tough guy to beat. Usman is, a, you know, one of the greatest ever. I guess uh, I seen a stat the other day, maybe today. The record for fighters over 35 in championship fights under 185 pounds. And the theory behind that is like once, you know, when you're over 185 pounds, start getting the heavier weights, you know, the age doesn't make quite as much of a difference, right? Because uh, the speed is a lot less and different things like that. But it was pretty interesting. Two and 28. Yeah, two and 28. I saw that. 170. Yeah, under 170 in title fight five. Pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. I saw that stat too, and I was kind of curious because Usman is 35 or 36 now. You know who else is 35? And I'm not saying this plays a part. I just like I thought it was an interesting stat, so I looked it up. Valentina Shevchenko's 35 now. Oh wow. You know? Called me when I said I was like, I wonder. And I was like, yep, she's 35 too. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's pretty interesting, you know, especially being I mean, this sport hasn't been around that long. And it certainly hasn't had the world class athletes for that long. I mean, we've always had, some, we had, you know, had Coleman back in the day. You know, he's a world class athlete. Uh, but for the most part, like it's not necessarily been world class against world class guys. And I think we're getting there now uh, a lot more. Like, it's, for instance, in boxing, which has been around for you know over a hundred years, it's well known when you're over, you know, thirty maybe even a little less than that, especially the lighter weights, you know, you're way out. There's very few, if any, one of the stats, very few guys that are um, over that age in boxing, right? In MMA, it hasn't really worked out that way, it doesn't seem. But when I see a stat like that, I'm like, wow, maybe it has that way a little more than we think. And I think it's going to be, as more and more people get into this sport, um, a higher level athletes get in this sport. I think it's going to be more and more pronounced all the time. Yeah. I mean, age is the one, I mean, I know it sounds cliche and then I guess to a point it is cliche, but age is, age is the one opponent that's undefeated. You know what I mean? Like it gets everybody. I mean, that's just the reality. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I don't think Kamar Usman had this precipitous drop off to where he's just suddenly a shell of himself or something. I mean, he lost a majority decision after a fight he was winning and he got caught with a head kick in the fifth round. It's not like he's gotten dominated and he suddenly just, you know, sucks. But the competition starts to catch up to you a little easier because I would have swore to you two years ago, Usman would have dominated Leon Edwards. He would have gotten all his takedowns and he would have dominated the fight. And he's not done that. Um, and this is not, I don't want to diminish what Leon Edwards has done. I want to be clear about that, but I think there is just that you're, you're not wrong. And like, there, there's just a, a weird drop off, you know, when you, cause again, it happens to everybody. I mean, I remember, and this is a different with age, but like, and, and it's heavyweight, but like, I remember the first time Roy Nelson got knocked out. And then suddenly after that, Roy Nelson started getting hurt a lot more. And like, you know what I mean? Like things just change. Like you get to a certain age, you don't move the same way. You're not as fast. Your reaction time is just that hair second difference. Um, And especially at this high level, you know what I mean? Like there is no room for error when you're fighting the best guys in the world in the UFC. And like I said, Usman didn't get dominated this fight. He lost, but he didn't get dominated. But you wonder... You know the takedowns he didn't hit. Could it? Would is it? Is it yeah. because maybe he's just a, a hair bit slower um, when he didn't when he when he wasn't able to put together the combinations to hurt Leon on the feet? Is it just because maybe his reaction time's a little bit slow? Like not bad, but just you know a little bit slower. And guess mm-hmm. what? Leon caught up to him, and and maybe that's just the reality of where we're at now. And and this is not. I think I think Kamaru Usman has been defined. Is in my mind the second best welterweight in the world in the history of the sport behind GSP. I think George St. Pierre is, you know, clearly now, you know, now that Usman's had a couple losses like this, I think GSP has kind of separated yeah, himself for good. But um, Usman at number two, I think he's fine there. But uh, yeah, it's like a changing of the guard in a way. You know what I mean? Like this isn't, this doesn't feel like an upset anymore. Leon Edwards has earned it and, and he's proven it. Yeah. And I think the other two is when you take a style like Usman. Um, you know, a, a wrestling heavy style. Like when you're at this age, like you can't wrestle as much as you could when you were younger. You know what I mean? Like you just you in those kind of hours anymore. So your timing with the rest and the little tiny little nuances that most of us don't even see, even us that know what we're doing, don't even see 
when we're watching, you know, a lot of those things kind of get lost. Um, just because you know you're not in, you're not able to go in there and and grind in a D one room, like I used to do it all the time. Like I could, I used to go to Ohio State all the time, two three days a week. There's no way I could do that now. You know, those kids in there, like their backs are perfectly fine, right? Their <laughs> knees are solid for the most part, right? And they come back from things quick. Uh, if I go in there one day, I'm not a couple of days after. You know, so. I don't know how much guys like Usman deal with that. I'm not going to say that, you know, I don't know anything about his camp, but you know, th those are the kind of things that make me wonder, you know, you know, or the same with even uh, guys with uh, striking heavy styles, you know, it's like, you know, you, you take uh, uh, so many shots, right. And any little bit of you, you got all this confidence when you're young, just cause you don't know any better. And then as you get a little bit older, you start maybe thinking a little bit more. Yeah, we'll see where Usman goes from here, right? We'll see if if uh, age got up to him. Um, he's certainly still a you know top three guy. He's certainly still a, a freaking world class athlete. He's certainly still one of the ever do it. And you know, Leon Edwards is just is better right now. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So the other big thing that came out of uh, out of Saturday night in terms of the welterweight division was the guy who weighed in as the alternate, as the backup, was Colby Covington. We haven't really heard from Colby for about the past year. He obviously got the win over Jorge Masvidal, and then we all know about the incident that happened after their fight, the arrest, the assault case, all that kind of stuff that's still lingering over, over you know, in terms of the legal system. Uh, Masvidal, of course, is scheduled to fight in a couple of weeks against Gilbert Burns, EOC 287. But Colby kind of popped up out of nowhere after being, you know, basically out of the spotlight for the last year, popped up as the backup for the fight. Of course, he didn't end up fighting. But now he's been declared as the number one contender. And a lot of people have completely lost their minds about this. And I have to a certain extent because Colby's been out for a year. He's been on a one fight win streak with the one win being over Masvidal. He has two losses to Kamar Usman, yet he's going to get a title shot. And guys like Bilal Muhammad, who's on a much longer, you know, much longer winning streak. Guys like Gilbert Burns, who has a chance to maybe solidify himself with a win over Masvidal. Um, even a guy like Shavkat Rachmanov, who just, you know, looked impressive a couple weeks ago. And he's got wins over guys like Jeff Neal and Neil Magny. A lot of people are not happy that Colby Covington is getting this title shot. Now, if you listen to Colby, he'll say, you know, he's the best guy in the world. He beat Usman, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, and I say it all the time, Matt, if you want to keep your sanity in this sport, strike the word deserves from your vocabulary because it will just lose your mind. Uh, because even though I say, quote unquote, Bilal Muhammad deserves the title shot, you and I both know that's not how things work out. That being said, uh, Colby Covington, Dana White is adamant. He's going to get the next title shot. He's the number one contender for whatever reason. Uh, I know you don't spend a lot of time thinking about these kind of things, Matt, but I don't know. What was your reaction? Like, 
Because I, I, I didn't see a lot of universal, like, I didn't see a lot of praise for this idea. I didn't see a lot of people, even because I know Colby has a lot of haters, but I didn't even see, like, the, the people who are, like, super team Colby were like, man, he really deserves this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm as surprised as everyone else. I'm I'm just not sure why it makes sense or wh- why they're going to do it. How Bilal Muhammad got passed up is is just beyond me. I mean, he this guy has done every single thing necessary. We can strike the word deserves down, but he fucking deserves it, right? Like, what what else can we say? And I think they're putting him uh, they him with a um, fighting. Tell me, uh, Shavkat Shavkat Rekhmanov. Yeah, Shavkat, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, this guy Bilal. He's just done everything. I mean, he he could. This could have been a championship run that he's on right now. He just doesn't have that belt, right? He's fighting guys like Shavkat, and you know, I mean, done everything. And I think Bilal deserves it. I think everybody agrees. Uh, you know, I guess it kind of is what it is. You know, Kobe's going to sell the fight. Um, we're all going to watch. I, I guess maybe UFC knows that, right? We're going to fucking watch it. I mean, right? I we're- just. <sighs> Here's the thing. I don't know. Like, I understand Colby says a lot of crazy things. And Colby is a good fighter. Don't make any mistakes about it. I'm not saying Colby's not a good fighter. He's a damn good fighter. But I don't... I, I, where the narrative comes from to, like, he's just this massive draw. Like, he's had... Has he drawn in fights? Yeah, his fight with Masvidal, big rivalry fight. His fight with Usman, the first one in particular, was a big draw because there was so much bad blood there. Um, and Woodley, you know, that was a, that was a, you know, FS1 card or, or ESPN plus card, whatever the hell it was at the time, uh, apex card, whatever. And then, you know, it was a, you know, pretty good, but all the, even by then it kind of lost some of its intrigue and interest because at that point, Woodley had already lost a few in a row and it just didn't seem like the same fight it once was. Um, but I don't know, like, it's just, I don't know, like, I don't, there's this like narrative that, that Colby's this huge draw and he's going to really get people to watch. I mean, do people hate watch Kobe? Colby? Absolutely. People hate the guy and they want him to lose. And so they, re, you know, they watch it. But like, I just, I don't know. I, maybe I'm not seeing it. Like, it's not that I, it's not that I mean, if Kobe, had, all Kobe had to do is win one more. I said it on Saturday night. If he would have fought Bilal and won that fight, mm-hmm. I'd have zero problem with him getting a title shot. I have right, zero, right. absolutely no problem with him getting a title shot. But just being out for a year and a win over Masvidal on a three fight losing streak just doesn't I don't know it just doesn't strike me as like I don't I don't get excited for it I'm just like oh boy I got no I just like whatever I mean I guess he's gonna get it so I just kind of learned to live with it but I don't know I just don't really see the logic. Yeah, and I heard Leon basically saying he's gonna not accept it or try to fight against. That's, um, but I think for Leon, Colby is probably. Uh, one of the best fights for him. I, you know, I think Bilal, I think Shavkat, um, a, a lot of these other guys are tough for matchups for him. So for Leon, in my opinion, it's a little bit of a blessing. Yeah, I mean, you may not be wrong. Let me ask you that question just in terms of matchups. We're not going to get into politics of it necessarily. But, you know, Kobe, Kobe does have a very, a very similar-ish style to Usman in terms of wrestling heavy, you know, push the pace. Uh, he's more of a volume striker than a power striker. I think Usman had a lot more power than Colby, but he's kind of a volume striker. Um, but I don't disagree. Now that we've seen what Leon's what Leon's takedown defense is, and I think I think Kamaru is a better MMA wrestler than Colby. I know that'll probably make Colby spin off his axis because he was a All American at Oregon State, and you know Kamaru was a Division Two national champion or whatever. But I think in terms of MMA wrestling, Kamaru has been a little bit more dominant there. Uh, I I agree. I think this is a I think this is a winnable fight for Leon. Yeah, absolutely, I think it's a better fight for Leon than like I said the other guys. I mean, Colby um, leaves a lot of holes in his game. He's like he certainly has the volume. He certainly comes forward and presses the action a lot. Um, but we don't have any reason to believe. And and look, we're shocked every week we watch the fights. You know, we're just on the best we can. I mean, I was very shocked last weekend, but. Um, you know, if Usman isn't taking uh, Leon down, I don't think Colby's going to be taking him down. And Colby leaves tons of holes in his stand-up game, and uh, I think Leon's good enough to expose those holes. And it's going to be a better matchup for Leon. Uh, you know, so it's going to be. Uh, I think saying that he's not going to accept this fight, but I think he should, if you ask me. 
Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I mean, I think, you know, Shavkat may end up being the 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 monster in this division when it's all said and done, because I think he's a monster right now. Uh, obviously, I think he's got an incredibly hard test in Bilal. That's what kind of kills me about that fight, is because I think both those guys can be title contenders, and one of them is going to get knocked off. And I think Bilal yeah, I would, remains. I would, I would much rather fight for a title than a fight to uh, for a contender. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like Bilal, Bilal, you know, like Bilal or Shavkat, one of those guys is going to lose. And in a way you kind of got to celebrate that because then you don't have to go through both of them right away. Right. Uh, Cause I think those are both monsters, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting you say that because I like, I'm never going to use the word easy. Nothing's easy, but like in terms of styles is Colby an easier fight than going against Bilal or Shavkat. It, it seems like it. I was right. Uh, it just comes Leon can deal with that pace and if he can find those holes because with that high pace that Colby pushes like he leaves himself open right he's relying on his cardio he's relying on you just uh, having a barrage of punches and not dealing with that well I just think Leon will deal holes in the um, striking particularly and uh, and be able to expose him I don't know you if know, they'll knock him out and you know Colby again you know he could prove us wrong right like I'm I'm proved wrong all the time on breakdowns, right? Like all the time. And uh you know, Kobe may be able to take him down, you know, may, may be able to wear him out, but uh I'm not seeing it right now. Yeah, so based on based on what you've seen, you would pick Leon to win that fight. Yeah, and I think favorite yeah, I mean I, 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 I agree. I like I said, I agree. Here's here's the thing that kills me, like I said. Even though I hate the word, even though I've said don't use the word deserves, I just feel bad for Bilal because Bilal deserves yes, it. He does. Like, he's the guy who should be here. He's earned it. He's on, like, a nine-fight win streak. He has a story with Leon. They had an unsolved, you know, they had that no-contest fight a couple years ago. They never got to go back and rematch mm -hmm. it. He's got, I mean, he knocks out Sean Brady, beats Vincente Luque. He avenges that loss. He just, I don't know, that's what breaks my heart about this whole thing is I think Bilal is the most deserving guy. But when you talk about... The matchup, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I think Leon's got a great chance of beating Colby. I, and I, I again, when I say easier, I don't mean that as a knock. I'm just saying, like, if you are if you give me Leon and Bilal or Leon and Shavkat, it's a toss-up. You know, I can't yeah. tell you, to, but you put Leon against Colby, I lean Leon. Like, I'm not saying it's a blowout, and I'm not saying it's like a, you know, one-sided fight and the odds are going to be astronomically in Leon's favor. I'm just saying that I would feel more confident picking Leon against Colby then I definitely would pick in Leon against Bilal and or Shavkat. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I said, I think Leon will end up being the favorite in that fight. And, um, you know, like I said, we'll all watch the fight. You know, that, that's, that's what it comes down to. Right. We know, um, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Colby, he's going to make it a fun fight. He's going to make it a fun conference to lead up to it. Like there's going to be, he say some off the wall, crazy shit. You know, I, I know what's going to happen. Like we're gonna watch the fight, we're gonna be excited. Um, and Colby definitely has a, a great chance to win that fight. I mean, his style, I think, against anyone gives pretty much anybody problems. Um, I just think, you know, Leon's gonna be the favorite, and I think that it's uh, rightfully so. Yeah. Well, and listen, you know, at the end of the day, you're here to you're here to make money. You're here to you know go out and do your thing and and make money and get attention. And and Colby will bring that. I I disagree with the idea that Colby's like this massive draw necessarily. Not that anyone's like out there saying he's you know Conor McGregor in terms of draw, but I I think he's had a couple of big rivalry fights that have been draws. I, he kind of reminds me. It's funny I say this. Reminds me a little bit of John Jones when John Jones was fighting, where John Jones would draw huge when he had a great rivalry, but then when he fought other guys, it was just kind of like people were like eh. You know, we're not all that interested in it. And I think Colby's yeah. got a little bit of that in him where, like, when he fought Lawler, the ratings for that card, for that TV, I think that was on ESPN or ABC. I can't remember which one it was. But the ratings were not good. They were not great ratings. Mm. People were not super excited because he was fighting Rob Robbie's a legend, but Robbie's not going to play Colby's game. Robbie's not going to get all amped up and, you know, get in his face and shove him and, you know, call him this. And, you know, he's not going to do that. He's just, he, it's Robbie Lawler. He's an old school legend. He's not going to do that kind of crap. Uh, and so Colby kind of disarms Colby from having that kind of, you know, that kind of rivalry. 
uh, that he had with Usman and, and that he had with, with, with Jorge, obviously, and Tyre Woodley for that matter. Um, will he have that with Leon? Will Leon fire back at him more? Yeah. Cause Leon's, Leon's not my dude. Leon, Leon's quietly not bad at trash talk. He had a couple of good zingers on Usman last week. So, uh, I think he can have some moments with that. And again, I don't disagree as much as I think Bilal is kind of the guy getting screwed in all this. I mean, I legitimately feel bad for Bilal Muhammad. Um, you're not wrong in thinking that if you're going to go out and defend your title and get a big title defense and get a big payday. So yeah, not necessarily easier, but you know, maybe not, maybe not as hard. I don't know. So I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe you should just take the Colby fight and, and uh, consider that the one, maybe I will say again, I, I keep saying, I hate use the word easier. It's the wrong word. It's just not as hard as Bilauer or Shavkat right now. Yeah, better stylistic matchup. But then again, I mean, he already fought Bilal too, and he knows Bilal. He knows this, and he was winning that fight very soundly before the with the eye pokes. Right, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. But yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I, I sit here and say it all the time. Don't, don't get upset. Don't you strike the word deserves from your vocabulary? And here I am, you know, saying it and then getting pissy about a guy that I don't think <laughs> deserves the title shot. So. Listen, I, I, you know, as much as I want to say that, as much as I want to say that it's stupid. And again, the only problem I have with this whole thing isn't necessarily that Colby's getting the title shot is that Bilal is not, you know what I mean? Like Bilal is legitimately the number one contender. He's the, he should be getting the shot. And if he didn't exist, if he didn't exist, then I really don't care at this point because there's no other guy. You know, Gilbert Gilbert Burns on a one fight win streak. Uh, Masvidal's on three losses. I think Shavkat is near there, but he's not quite there yet. So I think otherwise you don't really have an argument. But Colby's there, but while Bilal is there on a nine fight win streak, it just feels like man, like this. I feel it was it was like. Um, Back when back when Nick Diaz got a title shot against George St. Pierre when Johnny Hendricks was on like a seven fight win streak or whatever and he beaten everybody and he looked incredible, looked like he was the guy, and then Diaz gets the title shot because was it a bigger fight? Absolutely it was a bigger fight. Diaz is Nick Nick Diaz is a freaking legend and everyone loves Nick Diaz, but did he deserve it, quote unquote, over Johnny Hendricks? Absolutely not. But he still got it, and that's that's another one where I say just strike the word deserves from your vocabulary because that's another one. I felt legitimately bad for Johnny Hendricks. He eventually got his shot. He beat GSP. Judges said otherwise, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, but there's just no guarantees in this sport. Like I said, what if Bilal goes out and fights Shavkat and loses? Then it all goes away. So, yeah, I was, you know, like I said, you know, it is what it is. I just, like I said, I just, I'll, ultimately, I just feel bad for Bilal. You know, if he loses the Shavkat, it all goes away, and then I just feel bad for the guy. And, and like I said, you know, title shots, you know, they, they don't come, they don't get, grow on trees. You might get one, you may never get one again. You know, that's just the nature of the sport. Yeah, and I think you made a perfect point there where it's not that, you know, all these guys aren't worthy to be fighting for a championship, but Bilal has done the most. He deserves it the most. So if we're not striking the word deserve from our vocabulary, Bilal deserves it. The other guys, you know, maybe, you know, they said they're worthy of fighting for a championship. A Colby absolutely is. But, you know, when you got a guy on a eight fight win streak, right? Or nine fight, you know, versus, yeah, nine fight, uh, yeah. a guy coming off a loss. Or, and, you know, it's like, it's just, it just doesn't make sense to me, but, uh, you know, we all just do what we got to do and listen to what the UFC wants to do. They're the promoter. It's their choice. Yeah, that's true. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, of course, UFC 286 also featured another fight. Uh, Justin Gaethje went out there, by the way. I should have bet you on that one because I picked Gaethje. You picked Fazeev, and I came through on that one. But Fazeev put up a hell of a fight. What an incredible battle it was. But Justin Gaethje got the job done, got the decision. And uh, now he's out there. You know, Justin's being honest and saying he probably doesn't have a lot of time left in the sport. He wants to make one last run at the title. Um, I think it's probably a foregone conclusion as far as what's next for him, but I'll throw it out there. We got to see Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier too. I think that's the only fight that makes sense. Mm. Their first fight was a freaking epic, amazing fight. Uh, Dustin doesn't have anyone to fight right now. Justin just came off a big fight. Uh, obviously, Benil Darius is fighting Charles Oliveira. Islam is probably not coming back till October when they go to Abu Dhabi. So to me, it's Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. I don't think anything else makes sense unless – you know, unless something weird happens, but I think that's the matchup to make. That's badass. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's a great matchup. I want to see it. 
Uh, I mean, well, there I fought once, but I would love to see it again. So I think it's perfect. And the Fizeev, I mean, uh, Gagey absolutely proved me wrong. I picked Fizeev to beat him. And I thought that, uh, especially standing on the feet, like Fizeev is so technical, he's so sharp. I thought that Gagey didn't have a good shot there, but he fucking proved me wrong, man. Like, what a savage. Like, you just can't say enough good things about Justin Gagey. This guy is just a epitome of a savage warrior. And, you know, if, if, if shit ever hits the fan and we go to a world war, like I want Gagey on my side, you know, like, you know, you want him on the front lines right there with you, man. Like that guy is uh, just a great fucking guy. man. Like, like I hope he's not mad at me for picking against because <laughs> I, I love that guy, man. And the one of the funnest guys to watch and just deserves everything that he gets. Uh, yeah. Every good thing. Let me let me ask you this, Matt, because I put out this stat on Twitter yesterday. I said Justin Gaethje threw eleven fights in the UFC. He has now earned eleven post fight bonuses, four performance bonuses, and seven fight of the nights. The physique fight, of course, was his latest fight of the night. Now, based on the average, you know what the normal bonuses are. That's five hundred fifty thousand dollars he's earned in bonuses, which sounds on the surface, like a lot of money, but when you really think about the damage he puts on his body and all the things like that, I said he probably deserves ten times that amount, you know, that amount of money, five point five million dollars for all the words he went through. I'm curious, man. Now you're a guy yeah. you've gotten you've gotten your fair share of post fight bonuses, and I know you appreciate all of them. I want to make this clear. I'm not trying to make it sound like you're painting the UFC in a bad light, but I want to ask you this legitimate question. I've had this idea. I put it on Twitter today, responding to somebody. I think the UFC should switch. To a bonus system like this, a finish bonus, everybody on the card who gets a finish gets some sort of bonus, Twenty five, let's say $25,000. And then you pick out fight of the night and two performance bonuses, like extraordinary bonuses, whatever, and they all get a hundred grand. That was my idea. Everyone who gets a finish should get an automatic bonus, whether it's twenty five, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. And then you pick out fight of the night and then like the two really outstanding performances and they all get a hundred grand. Now I know I'm just spending the UFC's money, but we both know they can afford it. But let me just ask about the, the finish bonus. Let's not even get into like the numbers of it all. Am I wrong in thinking at this stage in the game in 2023 where you know, a lot of fighters, yourself included, probably, you know, you got on a win and, and a, a show and a win bonus structure, which I already hate. I hate that structure. I think it'd just be a, a flat fee. I don't like the show win bonus, but that's neither here nor there. Am I wrong in thinking that at worst, the UFC should go to a bonus structure where everyone who gets a finish should get a guaranteed bonus? Because I think you would then get guys and girls willing to push a little bit extra to get that finish. And we wouldn't have this constant battle of people being like, I deserve 50 grand. I deserve 50 grand. Give me the 50 grand. If you finish your opponent, you get the bonus. Yeah, well, I guess then they'd be battling over the 100 grand, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I think it's a great idea. And, and you know, I don't, I don't know how other people think when they're in octagon, but like I'm looking for a finish the whole time anyway. And I'm not thinking about money at all while I'm in there fighting. I'm not thinking like, oh, I'm going to go for this because it's, 50,000 extra dollars possibly. Um, but I, I would like to see that mainly like, I don't know how many times, okay. I, I've, I've made a few bonuses in my life. I don't know the exact number, but I don't know how many times I thought I was going to get the bonus and, you know, someone just eked it out over me and then I end up with nothing, you know, or whatever locker room bonus, you know, which it's not $50,000 for me, at least. I don't know what the other guys are getting, but I'm not getting 50K. So for that, yeah, I think, you know, th there should be something for that. And I think guys would, again, maybe not during the fight itself, like be thinking, oh, I'm going to go for the finish right now for this. But mentally, overall, like people, fighters are going to think about that and they're going to try to train more and, uh, fight more for the finish so i think it's a great idea yeah i just think that i mean will the ufc have to pay out a lot more money sometimes sure there's going to be cards where on a 12 fight card you're going to get eight finishes but there's also a lot of cards where there's 12 fights and there's like four finishes or three finishes you know what i mean like not every card features that and i just think i just think that in this day and age it should be a finish bonus because you know listen I, it's just to the arbitrary nature of it to where you know, I think one guy deserves a bonus over the other. 
you know, that just doesn't, that's not fair. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, like, and yeah. it's like, it's like being on a car with like being on a car with Justin Gaethje and you want fight of the night. Well, yeah. guess what? The chances of you getting fight of the night when he's on the card are, are next to nothing, but that doesn't mean you can't put on a freaking barn burner and then get right, a knockout right. in the third round. And it, because you didn't, because they said, well, you know what? We're going to give him the fight of the night and somebody got a really cool submission. They get performance tonight. Then you get nothing. You know, like I think finish yep. bonuses, at least that's, that's a little extra incentive. And it just, it just like, imagine if you're the contender series guy making 10,000 to fight and 10,000 to win, you go out there and knock out your opponent, vicious knockout, yeah. great highlight, but you don't get the bonus, but guess what? You get to go with $70,000 because you got the 50 K for the finish bonus. You know what I mean? Like little things like that, man. Like I'm not looking at your record right now, Matt, but I guarantee if I went up and down your UFC record, you got bonuses. I don't know how many you got six, seven, whatever, eight, nine. I don't know what the total number is. But how many finishes do you have in the UFC, and how much of the money would that have have equated to for you over your career? You know, that's like was that probably an extra what six seven hundred thousand dollars maybe you could have made or five hundred thousand yeah, dollars? Yeah, who knows? Like I said, I think it's a great idea because uh, also, um, like you said, if you're on a fight with you're on a fight card with Justin Gagey, you pretty much uh, you you lost right. Uh, but if you go out there and put on an amazing performance, go out there and finish someone right away, like you should be rewarded for it in some fashion, you know, and to have, um, you know, a locker room bonus that you don't really know what you're going to get versus having something that you know you're going to get, I think is a great thing. I mean, I think everybody should be rewarded for um, putting on great performances, whether it's a fight in the night or whether it's a, um, you know, submission or a knockout or a finish, you know, whatever it is. I absolutely think it should be for it. And it's surprising that they don't already do that, as a matter of fact, because it's that's what they want, right? That's what the fans want. So um, it, it is kind of surprising that they don't already do that. Yeah, there's a guy on Saturday night. His name is Janelle Ashmuz was his name. And he went out there and fought this guy named Sam Patterson. Vicious first-round knockout. I mean, he just went – afterwards, Sam Patterson was trying to fight the referee because he was so knocked out that when he got back to his feet, he thought the fight was still happening. It was that kind of knockout. You know what I'm talking about, Matt. Uh, he didn't get the bonus. Now, now I don't have a problem with who did get the bonus. Gunnar Nelson got a really cool bonus because he pulled off a nasty arm bar. It was a really cool submission. And then, uh, and then Jake Hadley got one on the prelims. He had a body shot KO. I love body shot KOs. Those are always fun. Uh, he got a body shot KO. I have no problem with those bonuses. They're both really cool. But then Yanel Ashmu's new guy comes in, pulls off an incredible knockout in the first round. He gets nothing. Muhammad Makayev fights out of a knee bar where his knee literally got shredded. He pulled, I mean, he got one of the nastiest knee bars put on him. He came back, choked the guy out. He doesn't get any. Like, that's what bugs me. Like, they fight, they have these amazing performances. Those two guys walk away with nothing. Then again, they get, you know, probably a locker room bonus. And I just, I don't know what that is. You know, I know what it looks like for me. I don't know what it looks like for other guys. Um, but it's not, you know, again, it's not 50,000. It's not 25,000. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if it's not, if you're not going to do 50,000, do 25,000. I guarantee you that's still going to be a lot of money to people who do it. I mean, 25,000 performance bonuses and then, or $25,000 finish bonuses. And if you want to keep the $50,000 performance of the night and fight of the night, I, I'm quite sure the UFC can afford it. <laughs> yeah. And especially for these young guys coming up that they're making 10 and 10 or 20 and 20 or something like an extra 25K that pays your taxes there. You know, like that's. Uh, that's a significant amount to these guys. Absolutely. I just, I, I think in the age we're in, you know, we talk about money all the time and, and I'm not going to get on a big rant and get on my soapbox about what fighters get paid because I think all fighters are underpaid for the, for what you put your bodies through and, and, the, and the dangers you take stepping in there, you should be making, you know, in my opinion, what, you know, football players make when, you know, they put their bodies on the line. I think they just, I think they probably deserve more than they get too. But, um, that's a whole other, I'm not trying to get in that pay conversation, but I'm just saying in that regard, like, you know what I mean? Like that bugs me that those two guys, I just use that as an example. Those two guys don't get bonuses just because they yeah. didn't get picked. You know, they didn't do anything wrong. It's not like, it's right. not like Muhammad's. No, they did uh, right, actually. They, yeah. they went out there and did what, what they were supposed to do, did it in spectacular fashion, did what the UFC wants, you know, and it doesn't equal anything monetarily for them though. Yeah. So finish bonuses. Let's, I think they should get it going. I love it, bro. 
Uh, real quick before we get out of here, Matt, we do have a big bantamweight fight coming up this weekend. Cheeto Vera and Corey yes. Sandhagen, a guy you know very well. I think you train with Corey a little bit out in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like both guys very much. I'll be the first to admit I'm a little – I've known Corey longer. I've interviewed him a bunch more times, but I think Cheeto Vera is a monster. Uh, but big main event. I'm actually going to miss it this weekend. I'm actually be out of town this weekend, so I'm going to have to watch it on replay. Uh, who are you picking, Matt, Corey or Cheeto Vera? Boy, that's a tough one, man. You know, I, I picked against Cheeto a couple times, and uh, I've been wrong every time, man. He keeps surprising, and he just does so many of the fundamentals so well, and he just uh, finds a way. He's got all the heart of a champion, and um, certainly just he's just that guy that finds a way, man. So, uh, but I, like I said, I, like you said, I've, I've known Corey for a long time. I know his skill set. I know he's capable of amazing things. I don't have a pick in this one. I don't know how it's going to go. This is one of those few fights where I just, I don't, I'll admit that I just don't know. Wow. Sitting on that fence, sitting hard on that fence, Matt Brown. Hard Uh, on the fence, bro. It's just a tough one, man. It is. It is. But I'm going to make a pick because one of us has to make a pick and I'm going to go, I I, I am going to lean, I'm going to lean, I'm going to lean towards Corey Sanhagen. I think he has more ways to win this fight. He's a little more dynamic on the feet. And I think that, in my opinion, at any given moment, Corey Sanhagen is the best bantamweight in the sport. I know he's lost fights and he's not there. I'm just saying, like, at any moment he could be. Like, that's how good I think Corey Sanhagen is. Um, he lost to Peter Yan, legitimately, you know, lost that fight. Um, but I thought he beat TJ Dillashaw. I, I didn't like that decision at all. I thought he beat TJ. Um, I just, I don't know. I just think round over round, Corey has that ability, I think, I think Cheeto, the one one small criticism I would have of him is I think at times he'll lose rounds and then depend on his power to bring him back into it. You know, he, he was maybe losing a little bit to Dominic Cruz and then he caught the head kick and you know, credit to him doing it. But what happens when that doesn't when that doesn't land? If you don't land that head kick, can you win five rounds? Can you win three rounds in a five round fight? That kind of thing. I have faith that Corey Sanhagen can do it. I have a little more question about Cheeto. Can he do it? So I'm going to lean Corey Sanhagen. If Cheeto wins, wins by knockout, vicious, whatever, I will not be the least bit surprised. I think Cheeto Vera is amazing. But if you got to nail me down on a pick, I'm going to lean a little bit towards Corey Sanhagen. And I think most of the time I would agree right there with you, but Cheeto has just never failed to surprise me every single time. He's one of those guys. He finds a way. He's got the heart. He's got the power. He's got just so many of these intangibles that you know, when you watch him fight, you just, you don't see, right? Like you, you don't, you can't write it down on paper, you know, like this versus this. So he just has some of those factors that um, I can't quantify. So that's why I'm on the fence with it. And I think it's, I just think it's going to be an amazing fight and I'm excited to see it, but the, um, I, I can't pick one of these guys, man. I just can't bring myself to it. All right, all right, that's all right. You can you can chicken out. It's all right, Matt. You know you don't want to pick you don't want to pick a fight. Yeah, geez, yeah. Is it is it is it the Gaethje thing coming back to bite you a little bit? You picked against him. Now you're feeling it a little bit. You feeling that heat? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Man. Maybe <laughs> I'm just feeling getting down on myself. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, probably a little bit of that to be honest. But but you know, like I said, if if it were if I'd never seen. Uh, Cheeto fight. I, I don't know. Um, how would you say? It? Like, just on paper, like I would pick Corey. But again, yeah. Cheeto just has these. He just has that way of doing. It. You know, he's got that that heart. Just these things that he's able to pull out, and um, and I think that's a special quality to have that you can't teach someone. I think that's what a special quality to have that can't be trained or taught. It's something that he just has within himself, um, an indomitable will, whatever it is, man. And he yeah. finds a way. He uh, he has those intangibles, as we like to call them, those little intangibles that you don't teach. You're not yeah. you know, necessarily learning in the gym. He's just a monster. Yeah, I love this fight, man. I'm glad they're doing it in front of a crowd, too, by the way, in San Antonio. So I think that's really cool because this is going to be a barn burner of a fight. I'm, I'm bummed I'm going to miss it live, but I'm going to rewatch it as soon as I get home. I can't wait for that. So I'm looking forward to that this weekend. Of course, we'll be back next Monday to uh, to talk more about that fight. Obviously, we actually have a week between paper, uh, UFC events because next weekend there's that Game Bread Boxing event 
Jose Aldo boxing Jeremy Stevens, Roy Jones against Anthony Pettis. And then after that, of course, we go into uh, UFC 287 with the fight you and I are both looking forward to, Israel Adesanya, Alex Pereira too, and of course, Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal. So that's going to be a big card. So we're going to talk a lot about that over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Matt, before we get out of here, sponsors, uh, people you should check out. You got Fight Camp going. Where can people support you? Man, you know how it is, bro. They can get on Instagram, Twitter, at I'm the Immortal. They can hit me up and check out uh, my sponsor routine, R-O-O-T-I-N-E dot C-O. Um, one of the best sponsors. They help me out with a little bit of everything. And, uh, you know, I hope everybody takes the time to check them out because uh, they're great for you. It's a multivitamin that's uh, built specifically for your body, precision, nutrition. And, uh what else said the immortal coffee, the immortalcoffee.com. Check them out. Man. Best coffee you ever had. Absolutely. Well, everyone, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Of course, check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, over on the best website in the world, MMAfighting.com. For Matt Brown, I'm Damon Martin. We will see you next week for another edition of the Fighter versus the Rider. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.